Welcome back to Spinal Tap Minute. We're on episode 31 of the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And with us today is a special guest, my brother, Brian German. Hello. Hello, Brian. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. Excited to do this. We're excited to have you. So we are here for Minute 31 of This is Spinal Tap. Minute 31 begins with the end of the hotel scene where uh, the band's on a bit of a downer. We end with Nigel attempting to sing harmony while he changes key. And in between, the band has gone to a gravesite as a way of cheering themselves up. (laughs) And we'll see how well that goes. Oh, man. (laughs) So, yeah, so minute 31, we get the just a couple seconds, that tail end of their listening to Golden 106 with Johnny Q, who has placed Spinal Tap squarely in the Where Are They Now file. And we see the effect that has on Nigel and David uh, by the looks on their face. Even Gumby looks sad. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a downer. And then we cut to Graveside at Graceland, where we see the final resting place of Elvis Aaron Presley. So this is interesting. They're kind of chatting back and forth. Uh, Derek says he was going to do a TV special from here before he died. And David lets us know that that was a musical version of Somebody Up There Likes Me. And for the folks that that aren't familiar, uh, Somebody Up Up There Likes Me is a film from 1956 starring Paul Newman. And it's the life story of Rocky Graziano, who is a boxer. And the the finale or the the climax of the movie is uh, when Rocky won the, I think it was the middleweight title, at the age of 28. And the interesting tie-in is that James Dean was originally supposed to star in the movie, and then he died. Mm. (laughs) And so was replaced by Paul Newman. And then so now we're hearing Elvis Presley was supposed to do a musical version of this story, and then he died. So maybe there's something about somebody up there likes me that somebody up there doesn't like. Exactly. It's the complete (laughs) opposite of that. Yeah. The, and, and I also wonder, so I mentioned that the, the climax of the movie is, is Rocky winning the championship. He loses first, and then he comes back and wins at the age of 28. Uh, James Dean was 24 when he died in 1955. Paul Newman was 30 when the, when the film was made, also in 55. Uh, Elvis Presley would have been 42, in 1977, so I don't know how well that, how well he was uh, posed to play that particular part, but, but there you go. And I think it's just great where they have the line of someone up there likes me, and he's just they're at the graveside. I mean, it, it, the, the movie has tons of classic lines, <laughs> but I just find it to be very funny. Yeah, because usually that's that's a good thing, you know. Somebody up there likes me. exactly. Why were they then... staring at the grave of Elvis? Yeah. So, well, maybe liked him too much. It was like calling yes. him, calling him back home. <laughs> yeah, Sean, we were talking before about this. Is just visually what what I'm checking in on is that we were wondering what hat the about this hat, and now Rust. we can see that it's a West Ham hat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So the, yeah, the hat that that Derek was wearing back in when they were checking in to the hotel in Memphis, and we we didn't really get a good look at it. And it's it's weird. Yeah. So I have some notes. Um, so he's wearing his West Ham hat, but then the shirt is from Shrewsbury, uh, sh- from Shrewsbury Town, which is uh, a, a different English football team. Which was actually uh, West Ham is East Side, so a little, uh, I guess, a, a nod to uh, Derek's East London roots. But uh, they call that it's West Ham, even though it's in the, the East London. And then Shrewsbury is on the east side of England, is over towards the the border with Wales. So it's a bit of a mismatch between the Ham and the Shrewsbury there. But uh, yeah, a little nod to uh, to football. He in, likes in to the, mix it up. He likes to mix it up. Yeah. And and I think this this scene I, I think really shows it makes us connect with them more. I, I really like how they're they're watching, looking at Elvis's grave, discussing. What's going on? They've they've hit a low point, as seen in the minute before, in the hotel at the very beginning of this minute. Very right. sad. They're here to cheer up, and you, you could just tell that they're they're down and out. And I think that it really connects with the audience to make, which will help with the entire movie. That you just you, you feel for them. You yeah, know, I don't think there's a lot of comedies where you really connect and have an affection for the quote unquote heroes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helps the entire movie. It gives it some substance. Definitely. I totally agree with you. And even the way it's shot, it's a very intimate shot. Like all three of them are pretty close to each other. All their heads are pretty close. And I think it's the, besides the interview moments, it's the first time. Well, the interview, I mean, the interviews are com- can be a combination of everybody in the band, but this is the most like intimate of the three of them just together. Yes. You're seeing yeah, that dynamic, how how they all are reacting differently to the previous mm-hmm. very disappointing point. And David's having a rough time of yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I, I don't think uh, there is one shot. We see him from behind, <laughs> you know, pulled back. Um, so Mick and, uh, yeah, Mick and Viv looks like didn't accompany them, or at least is it, you know, they aren't in this scene at the graveside. So it is our, just our three front men. Um, yeah. And we get to see them interact without, without Marty, without the interviewer, without the instruments on stage, um, a little bit of the back and forth. And, uh, as, as musicians do song spontaneously erupts. Well, if you could call it a song, yes, they, they struggle with it. They, they try, which is weird because this is, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm not a professional musician, but to my ear, this seems like a relatively simple song. It shouldn't be a lot of work to get three guys together singing Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> it's a very, it's very funny with the, the barbershop raga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, and I mean, as a singer, I actually, the last group I was in, we were singing bluegrass and gospel. So there's tons of harmony in there, obviously. And I actually, even though I'm a very competent singer, I don't slip into harmonies really easily. So actually to do, to try to work out this harmony, usually when you're singing Heartbreak Hotel, it's just pretty straightforward. So actually to try to make it into something that's three-part harmony isn't necessarily that easy to do right but but this is a band that supposedly well at least a few years earlier was at the 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 top of their game so you would think that a band of this prestige would know how to do it 
Well, and also that that particularly Nigel and David were right. not quite 20 years, but at least 17, 16, 17 years that they've been performing together. They should, it just, you would think at this point, it should be natural. They just slide into their parts. They, each of them knows what the other one's going to do. Right. Like an old married couple, but. Well, that's the other side of, of the movie also. I, they do, you do have a lot of affection for them, but I mean, they're presented as buffoons a lot of the time. <laughs> right. But, but that's what makes it great. And then you, yeah. you, the affection for the, for these buffoons. And as you see here with the trying to harmonize. Yeah. So, so Heidi, as as a singer, mm-hmm. when when David's talking about Raga, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just great. Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, reggae. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bomber yeah, I couldn't. Raga. I couldn't quite piece that in because there's there's something in Indian tradition mm. uh, called a Raga. Okay. And, but it, I didn't know how that would apply to this situation. Um, but you think so? He's 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 meaning reggae. That's he doesn't. What, he's not. Yeah, that's yeah. what's. Uh, I always thought it was. Uh, yeah, I thought um, it was reggae also. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. We all these Raga know they have. <laughs> <laughs> Scrap them. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, no, because I'm just like, what? what? And in, and in the exchange yeah. of the minute, in my opinion, perspective really gives you perspective. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold, hold that thought. all right okay <laughs> save it <laughs> yeah no but it, it is um i think as i'm as we're doing these minutes um and getting to know each other here i'm i'm kind of i'm really enjoying what kind of research sean does and then i notice <laughs> that that i usually make things a little more personal like i think about how it relates to my life and um just a different take on it and then usually i just i mean we're all doing this but just enjoying looking at the minute silently so i watch it just behind the scenes here i watch the the these minutes you know several times in preparation for the minute sometimes i do a little research when something kind of strikes me and then I always feel like I notice new and different stuff just sitting here looking at the minute with the sound off. So like a little bit more about what the camera is doing, a little bit more about, you know, what fashions are happening. Now we're definitely getting that these guys all do have their own comprehensive personal style. And we have <laughs> see Derek's wearing that puffer jacket again <laughs> yeah he's wearing his mom coat yeah so yeah. We, get, we do see some you know D- david is a little more fashionable more maybe more mainstream in terms of Classical. fashion classic you know, fashion yeah yeah while, while nigel in this in this scene he's wearing a leather jacket he looks more a little more rock and roll well, Derek is, yeah, he's very practical. He's wearing his puffy mom jacket. I assume they're 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 down in Tennessee, but it's it's winter. We don't know exactly when, but we know the tour started in late fall. So it's November, December by this point. So it, it may be, you know, it's it may be cool enough even in Tennessee for uh you know for, for the heavy jackets that they're wearing. And in a nod to the costume design of the whole movie, I mean they they're very distinctive. Uh, each yeah. member Definitely mm-hmm. has their own style. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so I have another, another que- well, an observation and a question again for you, Heidi, as, sure. as the singer. Uh, towards the end of the minute, while, while Nigel's trying to harmonize, he's holding his finger up to his ear. 
mm-hmm. which to as as the layman, to my understanding, that's something you do or that the singer does if you know if the band's really loud, if the monitors you know aren't you know if the levels aren't right and you're having trouble hearing yourself. You do that to kind of help the vibration so you can hear your own voice in your head. Right. They're at a gravesite, and it's only the three of them. It's quiet. Like, he shouldn't have any problem hearing himself. Why is he holding his finger to his ear? Is there something else going on, or is he just... Well, do you want to know the answer? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. if you have have any particular insight... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's to. a good question. As much as you know, a, you know, a bit more about mime than I do, a lot more. Um, <laughs> yeah, as a singer, and like I said, harmonizing with people, um, even just in a room, so practicing with um, other singers and being in a room or in a place like space like this, even when it's just the voices, you can... Um, key into what you're singing a lot better when you do that when you close one ear you can really key into where your voice is so you know if it's just the three of you singing and you're kind of all blending or not quite blending you can kind of get lost in wait which voice is mine of these three voices so doing that is just sort of this little um way of getting right into like <laughs> you know, really kind of cueing in and hearing it clearly. So it's it's totally valid. There's nothing that they're doing here with the singing. Again, we talk about how the details are really um, authentic here in this movie. You know that mm-hmm. it's a goofy movie, but that it's rooted in real stuff. And yeah, that trying to find a harmony is totally. It does take a bit of work, even if you've played together since since childhood. And I mean, I do that with my brother again, like my brother and I have sung together and some some songs you just click into like no problem and other songs it takes a while to get into. And uh, yeah, and doing this is totally normal thing. It has. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with the room being loud. It has to do with getting your voice separated from the other voices. So oh, there you go. There Very you interesting. Go. I'm glad I asked. And and to go back, Heidi, to what you were saying, it, in this shot where, where he's holding his ear, it is ex- it's an extremely tight shot, which, mm-hmm. you, which you're right. It's very intimate and you, you really – I just it connects. I, I, the shot connects with me. Yeah. How are you feeling about what these guys are going through here, Brian? Well, it's it's very it, it is sad. I mean, as much as this is a comedy and we we do laugh at the lines, it, it this part it's it's sad. I mean, they they are hurting and they're trying to go visit Elvis and and you know get some inspiration or come out of their funk, and uh, you know it doesn't seem to be working that well here. Yeah, but you know you really feel for them, and as I said before, I think that that makes the movie work. Yeah, you've joined us at a pivotal moment in this movie, I think. Would yeah. you say, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. It's the the emotional roller coaster, the the highs, the you know, we saw a minute or two ago where where David's literally jumping for joy that Janine is going to be coming out and mm-hmm. join the tour and then they're they're hearing an old yes. song of theirs on the radio. They're yeah, they're really at a high and the the reality check that comes in, we have the, the DJ putting them in the where are they now file. And then uh, this, you know, this choice to to stand by the grave. And 
And Graceland's an interesting thing. I've I've been there. Mm. Um, have you have you I, I, I've never been there. No, I haven't. I when um my husband and I went on our honeymoon road trip ten years ago. We're celebrating ten years this year, so oh, congratulations. Huzzah for that. <laughs> and we went on a, a honeymoon road trip and we did go to Memphis, but we um it was a whirlwind trip, so we opted for going to the stacks yeah stacks you mentioned before yeah yeah and and uh yeah yeah and i i you know i i really i i i was down there i didn't get to the the stacks museum but i did go to graceland i think you you might have made the the best decision musically i'm more of a fan of of stacks records and and what they've done or Mm -hmm. what they did than than elvis but i would say as someone who is not an Elvis fan, I was very impressed by Graceland, and I'm glad I went. And I would encourage other people, if they have an opportunity, if you're interested in music, even if you're not particularly a fan of, of Elvis Presley, um, it's, it's an amazing look into kind of that lavish, high roller, successful musician lifestyle, and then a look into uh, the musical history, even if you have particular issues with his place in terms of some of the other contemporaries who maybe aren't getting the same, you know, the same attention or the same uh, notoriety from history as, as Elvis does, but just all the gold records and the, there's a jungle room and the room where he's got, you know, the multiple TV set up side by side and, and yeah, all the like great the, kit, the kitsch factor. It, yeah. I, I would like to experience that because I do love a lot of kitsch. So there's certainly yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting and it's fun. I don't, I don't have, to, I didn't, I, we didn't spend too much time uh, at the grave site uh, because it's, it's a grave site. Yeah. It's a bit of a downer. So I would hope, I hope that there's, that these gentlemen spend more time elsewhere on the grounds and, and not, you know, they didn't just spend their whole day staring at a, at a grave site. And speaking of the gravesite, uh, right at the end of the minute, uh, a few seconds before where they're harmonizing, you, you see the shot is their backs are towards the camera. The camera's a little bit pulled out. They're kind of at the right side of the frame. I mean, hands in their pockets. It's just, you can tell that they're just, it, they're sad. Right. They're, they're, they're in a bad spot right now. The body language. The body language. Yeah. It, it all simply, you don't even see their faces, but you can just tell from the setup of the shot, which I think is another you know, great thing about the cinematography and the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is a low point, and as we watch, we'll see if it's the low point. But it's yes. certainly um, it's it's a twist. Yeah. So we're yeah back back to your point, Heidi, about it being a pivotal point in the movie that we start off with optimism. We start off with sort of a triumphant return after a few years of of not touring in America, and and now we're getting a real feeling that. Things aren't going so well, and and I and, and also getting the feeling that that they're getting that feeling that the, yeah. the band is kind of what the mood that they're in. Yes, their self doubt is coming out in this minute. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The reality of of um, what this where they're at in their career is starting to unfold and reveal itself to them. Though I will say, I do like as as far as grave sites go, some of the creativity. <laughs> With the flowers that are placed yeah. around the, the area, and there's uh, what I can only assume is a hound dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, a, a floral hound dog um, in tribute to uh, to the king. 
<laughs> and maybe Christopher Guest um, was inspired by that for his uh, character that he plays in um, in Best in Show, or mm-hmm. he has a ha- he has a, a hound dog in that. Right. Another great movie. He's hound yeah. dog. In it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So was the grave site looking anything like this when you visited it, Sean? I honestly don't remember. Mm. And to tell you the truth, I couldn't. We may not have gone to. I'm a mad. I can't imagine we went to Graceland and didn't go to the the grave site. But I don't remember it at all. You suppressed it. It was too upsetting. Maybe, maybe it was too upsetting. <laughs> I know. I, I remember a lot of the details of the house. I particularly remember the jungle room. There's one room that Elvis had that's made up the you know made up to look like a jungle, and it's a lot of animal themed uh, furniture and stuff. And I remember there's one hallway that's lined with, or at least there was. This is going back a, a year or two uh, or more, um, there was one hallway that's completely lined with all his gold records and, and awards and everything. And it's a really long hallway. There's a lot of gold records there. Uh, those are the, the things I remember the most. Mm. Yeah. And here's a question for you guys. Had Elvis lived, <laughs> would he be a fan of Spinal Tap? Good question. You know, I don't... That's such a great question. I mean, when he passed on i was like 10 so i kind of remember you know him passing away but not so much and i don't really not cued into what music like what he thought of or listened to as his contemporaries you know so i'm I'm not i don't know what do you think sean yeah so um so elvis yeah elvis passed in 77 so he would have seen a lot, you know, he, he saw a lot of what rock and roll became. Maybe he wasn't tied into, uh, you know, kind of punk was just beginning. Uh, certainly with the, you know, the East Coast punk, what was going on with the New York scene, what was going on in, in London and England. Maybe he wasn't tied into, but seeing things like, I mean, Black Sabbath dates to the late 60s. Alice Cooper was around, just thinking of, some of the extremes, uh, the extreme directions that rock and roll went in would have been around. I'm sure he would have been aware of it. I don't know what kind of reaction he had. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he would have dug it. You know, not his style, maybe not what he listened to, but I think he would have appreciated the theatricality. Certainly the set pieces like Stonehenge, uh, things like that. I think he would have you know, in, in the aspects that the, the band pays attention to their image, that they've got certain looks and certain personalities and costumes, I think he would have appreciated that. So even if he didn't, you know, even even if he wasn't a fan of the music, that just as a fellow performer, he the, would have... He would have given the respect out. Yeah. Right. Respect. I agree. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think he would have uh, he would have dug what they were doing, what they were trying to do. And certainly someone who went through... You know, many phases and, and, and comebacks in his career, he would have been sympathetic to uh, to having been away for a little while. And, and there they're trying to rekindle interest uh, with with this latest tour. Right, uh, right. So certainly something Elvis would have some some empathy for. So, uh, yeah, I think would, have, would he have been alive? And uh, when they came through, maybe he would have, you know, maybe stopped by the show. Maybe he'd invite them over. They would have been to Graceland anyway as as his guests, and yes. they could kind of talk shop. And 
Maybe they would have toured together. Maybe the whole thing would there have uh, erupted into a new <laughs> mega group, a collaboration. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Elvis would have would have dug it. Mm, he would okay. have been into uh, to what they're doing. Well, anything else uh, particular about this minute, guys, that you want to comment? I think we've covered quite a quite a lot of stuff here. We've toured it visually, emotionally, <laughs> talked about singing um, harmonies. Anything else to cover? No, I mean I think that that's a pretty good sum yeah, of the I feel, minute. I feel you know, good. It is. It's a pivotal minute. A minute. Yeah. 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 Pivotal so uh, yeah, I think we can we can wrap it up for today. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, this has been fun, and, and I believe um, Brian, you're going to be back for um, our next minute tomorrow. Yes, awesome. I will be back. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Fantastic. So, yeah, thank you for joining us for Minute 31, Episode 31 of Spinal Tap Minute. Um, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. You know, we're we're here at, um, you know, just past the half hour mark of this movie. And so we've had several episodes go out live and uh, we're getting lots of great feedback and interactions um, with, uh, you know, our friends out on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. So, you know, join us out there if you like. You can find us at spinaltapminute.com and that will lead you to all of those different areas. And uh, Sean, you want to well, share I'll a little also, bit too? Yeah, well, I'll chime in and to remind everyone. And if you don't know, then I'll tell you for the first time that you can call us on the Spinal Tap Minute hotline at 419 tap tap 6. That's 419-827-8276. And if you have any questions or suggestions or some real-life Spinal Tap moments that you want to share, if we like your story, we may feature you on a future episode. Sounds good. All right. So wrapping it up from Minute 31. Until next time, and so say all of us, Tap, tap, tap into, into America! America. <laughs>